This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Old balls, new balls. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. We'll talk with Jason Fitz of ESPN coming up at 420. We will write things down. What did I say, Jonathan? You said 420. That's that's what it is, right? 440. 440? Yeah. That's not what just, I thought it was 440. We discussed this earlier. It's 440. 440. Jason yes. Fitz will join us. <laughs> On-air production meeting. On the show. We will, oh, boy, we're off to a rollicking start. We will write things down and uh, review things. We really things. do miss Mackie when he's ri- gone. We've written down in the past. No, no, don't. Coming up no, at don't. 5 o'clock. Don't, don't say that. It's, no, we don't really miss him. We don't need him. I mean, Robbie just had a slight... Show? We don't need him thinking that. Slight Actually, slip no, up. you know what? Like Mackie, yesterday's show was great. Uh, Mackie is the reason I said 420, because on the email he sent us of all our fall and football yes. season benchmarks and guests... Blame Mackie. First of all, he has fits on Thursday, which I knew was wrong. That but used to be the day. He also has them at 420 on the Again, sheet that, that I have. That's the old time. Well, of day. how do I know? I never got a new sheet. I never got a new sheet. You we just ha- come in and just talk for two I'm Ron hours Burgundy, and dude. You don't you pay attention. It, you put it in front of me. I'm going to read it. I'm Ron Burgundy. I'll keep that in mind. Who's in charge here? Nobody Clearly right now. Right. That's free for all. Very clear. <laughs> Very clear. Mackie's eight claws in as we speak, I'm sure. So nobody's Where no, is he? He is uh he didn't say his exact location on the air, so I don't know that he wants to give that out. I'll just say northern Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I know. Okay. Uh we have a new Green ba- Bay. Above Green Bay? Uh, yes. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> You want to narrow it down anymore? I know what that is. In case he didn't want that. Info I was out always there. told when when I covered the Packers, I was always told you got to go there, you got to go check it out. It's gorgeous. It's uh, I was always like, yeah, I'm I'm good here. It's nice. Um, I think I'll go home first. Me and my friends went there. <laughs> <laughs> me and my friends went there uh, for Senior Ditch Day weekend. Oh, from Chicago back in the day. Yeah. Okay. And uh, like it seemed like I had a good time because we just you know. Did things you do on a senior ditch day weekend? I was going to say, at that age, you have no uh, idea, do you? Right, but the town itself seemed boring. I don't know what people do there, like other than walk and look at the fall foliage. I'm really not sure what people do. They do they consume there. a lot of claws? Is that what you do? Not when I was there. Claws weren't a thing yet. Right, but I'm this saying was now. Years ago, it must be Claw City. Probably, I would imagine it's Claw City. It seems like a claw type. I do not partake. It so. seems like a claw type of town. Uh, do we have Judd drinking a white claw as one of his QB cesspool challenge punishments? I is think that, so, but that's that, also a Phil Mackey write that down. That that Judd will drink a White Claw? And By I, the end of the year, yeah. And I'd be happy to do it on the air. Oh, okay. if it's on the air, then full game, yeah. Well, there's always the next Mackey. How much trouble can I... If I were to consume a White Claw, just one White Claw, um, during the course of the show, how much trouble could I get we're in? not broadcast television, I think we can get away with it, but it's up to the bosses. Do you guys know? There's always the next Mackey and Judd with Rami Happy Hour podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd like to do it. I'd like to pay it off in the most exquisite way possible. <laughs> just by 
Would you down the whole thing in one go that, well, on air? I'd be happy to. I would, would just want to try that. Sure, I'd try it. Like I'm not sure I could. Oh, he's got to shotgun it. He has to shotgun it. <laughs> Although we do have to that. Like, cover up the mics and everything so that the electronics in there don't But work. I mean, I'd also be happy to... Now, I don't want to drink one, but if I have to as part of the uh, payoff, I'd be happy to sip it, shotgun it, whatever you no, guys no, no, need you to do. you got to shotgun this Now, what, what flavor would you go with if you were uh, to drink a white cloth? What are the flavors? I'd probably take road. a suggestion from you. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I don't know. I've never had one before, so I would. if you give me one that you really like, I'd Jonathan, probably... Jonathan, are you, are you part of Cloud nope. Nation? No. Nope. Um, Remember I told the story of finding one in my yard? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, I I am a mem- like no, I li- he doesn't remember. <laughs> he can't remember what time Jason Fitz is on. So clearly he's Fair. not going to remember your white claw story. Fair point. <laughs> um, I'm a black cherry guy. I like black cherry white claw. That's my, that's my jam. Uh, mango is number two. After that is raspberry. Then uh, then ruby grapefruit. I'm not a big fan of the lime, but those are the five. I'd probably are- go raspberry or ruby grapefruit. Okay. Those sound good to me. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the lime one. That's one claw I don't. Yeah, get you know down I don't with. mind lime, but it very much depends on how it's done, and so I probably wouldn't chance that one. And then there's white claw pure, which is just unflavored that, seltzer water. That sounds Spiked boring. Seltzer. Yeah, how boring is that? I've never seen what it. What type of way is that to get drunk? I just found it when yeah. I searched white claw flavors. To no, make sure I'm I not had doing them all that. Down. It's called white claw pure. Ruby, yeah, I'm probably doing that one. Raspberry. How boring is your Ruby personality grapefruit? if that's what you're drinking? <laughs> yeah, hey, hey give me one of those seltzer-flavored <laughs> white claws. <laughs> give me the most flavorless thing you have that has alcohol in it. <laughs> oh, you've got all these choices? I'll take the one with no flavor. <laughs> all these flavors sound delicious. Give me the flavorless one. <laughs> but I'd do that. All right. I mean, if that's part of the uh, punishments, absolutely. Yes. But I, I agree so with Jonathan. For the punishment, has to drink a white claw here. I think it. I think it should be shotgun. I agree okay. with Jonathan. That's fine with me too. I think we need to jab a th- jab a hole in that thing with a key, <laughs> like old school, like college style. Oh yeah, <laughs> pop the top. That's a top. By the way, it's been a long time. I might need some practice. It's been a long time since I've shotgun. I'm sure you won't mind practicing with a few beers, and then we'll give you a white claw. Actually. I mean, that does take a lot at my age now. My We're filming age. all of this. The practice. You shotgunning yeah, the white claw. Um, this is all being filmed. Okay. Oh, this is going to be glorious. It'll be like a uh, Rocky training. Absolutely. I like it. Let's we'll put together it. a montage of Judd training to shotgun his white claw. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is going to be good. Judd, how are you feeling about uh, Vikings and Eagles this Sunday, sir? Uh, well, I'm on the record on uh, Ventline, which, of course, on this station, the all-new score north of 1500, runs from 11 to noon, 10 to noon on uh, Mondays, 11 to noon Tuesday through Friday, and then just now on Purple Daily with my friend Matthew Collar. I'm on record as saying I... You're going friend? Colleague. Old friend. Colleague. Because you said before, like... You like us, but you're not really close enough with any of us except maybe Matt well, to wanna, actually say friend. I consider wow, friend in that group. I consider <laughs> friend to be uh, still at an arm's length. Um, <laughs> I'll amend a colleague. That's fine. <laughs> no need to get personal. Um, I am on the record as saying I foresee a 24 to 17 Vikings victory. If the Vikings have the right game plan here, if they insulate Cousins enough, going against an Eagles defense that in the front is really good, but has some huge deficiencies in the passing game. And keeping in mind, too, that the Vikings are supposed to be built around defense. And I think Carson Wentz, Rami gets flustered. Carson Wentz, I think, is good, but this is a tough place 
to play. He is not what I would call a a veteran savvy yet QB. And there have been some veteran QBs who have come into uh, U.S. Bank Stadium and struggled. I'm going 24-17 Vikings, sir. 24-17 Vikings. Yep. I think the defense plays well, and they can... Now, if they decide to bash their heads against the wall and run, 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 and get stubborn offensively, I'll change it, but I don't think that they will. I think that they will use the short passing game, which should work. I think that there will be, let's say, three to four shots down the field throughout the course of the game. At least a couple of them should work. So if they do this right offensively, because I think the defense is going to play well... They could score 24 points and win by seven. How about you? I, uh, I, my, my outlook on this game completely changed this morning. When I read, did you read Arif Hassan's, uh, like breakdown at the no, athletic I this morning? Did not. So I was looking at the overall season numbers of this Eagles defense and thinking, man, the Vikings might have their hands full. And you, you mentioned, and they, they're good at some things on defense. The secondary is not good. They're good at stopping. They're the, up completely. They're good at stopping the run, and I thought they were good at getting after quarterbacks until mm-hmm. I read a Reef's breakdown this morning. And if you take out the Jets game, mm-hmm. ten sacks in that game. They got ten sacks, which is more than three quarters of the sacks that they've piled up this season. More than three quarters of their sacks came in one game as we enter Week Six of the NFL. And just listen to this scoring rate. If you ha- if you include the Jets. 11th in the league is the Eagles defense. Take that game out, 25th. Points per drive, 13th in the league. Take out the Jets, 26th. Sack rate, 17th in the league. Mm-hmm. Take out the Jets, 32nd. Expected points, 10th in the league. Take out the Jets, 22nd. This ain't a good defense that the that the, the Vikings are facing on Sunday. I thought this would be the first Right. At least the first opportunity at Kirk Cousins and the offense passing some sort of test. Because every test they've had up until now, when they faced a, a decent defense, they've failed. I think we're gonna if the if the Vikings win this game, we'll look back on it and we'll still be thinking, okay, it's a win and that's good. You want to pile up wins that gets you to the postseason. Yep. But did they really prove anything to you? I think we're gonna have the same feeling on hmm. Monday that we've had after their first three wins. I think the the Eagles defensive line and uh, Fletcher. Cox in particular is going to often relocate the interior of the Vikings line. I think he's going to toss Bradbury. Bradbury, Yes. Josh Klein's not playing. Dakota Dozier will start at right guard when, uh, as I was talking to caller about when, when Dakota Dozier has played in place of either elf line or uh, Josh Klein, because Klein's going to miss a game for the second time in three weeks. It's not been pretty. So I think that there is going to be pressure, but here's where you get around that pressure. Pretty simply. You either put Cousins in pistol or shotgun, and you immediately have him pass. My advice from here on out when it comes to Cousins is always put him in positions where he doesn't have to think. If he doesn't have to think, and he can work quickly, and just as importantly, too, and this is especially true of the Vikings offense on Sunday, you need to get him off to a quick start. The scripted plays have to work. Because if they don't work, Cousins' confidence wanes, and confidence get, or Cousins then get shaken or flustered. But if you come out and you get a field goal first drive, even better, a touchdown, his confidence goes sky high. And that doesn't mean that he's in for a great day. But go back and look at the Vikings' really impressive win in Philadelphia last year in Week 5. 
And go back, and Cousins in that game was fantastic. Threw for 301 yards, got sacked once, made some fantastic throws, and part of that game was his confidence was sky high. But if you do this, if you go into this game with a plan of pass, 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 but everything's quick, I'm not having him come under pressure, I'm not asking him to drop back and sit in the pocket, I am getting the ball out quickly to Diggs, Thielen, Cook, Go down that entire list. I think you run a real, a real excellent opportunity there of getting off to a quick start. And if you do that, I think you're fine. Now, the bad thing is, if you don't, if you're stubborn and you're like, well, Cook's going to run the ball and we're going to uh, drop Cousins back to pass and now he fumbles and things get screwy, that could change things. But if you do this game plan right, I think, I think you can come away with a victory that, to what you're saying, at least gives us a little more confidence in where this team sits than ultimately the wins against uh, the Falcons, Oakland, and then the Giants, who, as we saw again last night, are just god-awful. Like, the Giants are just terrible. That was brutal. Well, it's funny. I, I got done watching the Wild Jets game. I flipped to the football game. It's a seven-point game, and I tweeted, what the hell's going on here? How is this a seven-point? And I literally had hit send, Rami, on that tweet. And I think the Patriots scored 14 points. So it went from being this, hey, it's a pretty close game. Why is this game close to, oh, now it's about a 28-point game. In no time at all. And it seems a like... A 21-point game. It seems like, not not to be too negative here in the first segment, every win, except for maybe the Raiders, they may be better than what we thought they were when the Vikings beat them. And they were awful but that day, though. The Giants and the Falcons... Yep. Those wins get worse as we move further away from them. Like, you, you know well, what I fa- mean? The t- Falcons, I thought, was a good... I thought that was a struggling team that knew. day against a pretty good... Uh, I shouldn't say pretty good. Against a decent team. I kind of knew. Did I kinda, you know I that, kinda that knew the, I kind of knew the Falcons were not good. They Ooh. may be worse than I thought they were six weeks ago, but I knew the Falcons were not good. If they lose on Sunday, is there any way Dan Quinn does not get fired on Monday? They gave up 50... Two to Houston, is that right? Yeah, and when you're a defensive-minded head coach and your defense isn't playing well, that's usually your death knell. Yes. The fifty, But 50-plus? 50 yeah. Now, I like Deshaun Watson a lot. The Texans are, I wouldn't say a great team. I'd say they're a nice team, wouldn't you? But you give up 50-plus, and the game here, they looked atrocious. And I thought, okay, that's a one-game blip. They're not great, but they're not this bad. No, I was wrong. They were that bad. I want to see a Vikings win where I walk out of the stadium saying, I learned something. The three wins so far, I've walked out of the stadium saying, man, did they play bad teams. Oakland that day, and I don't know, I, you, I'm i sure you watched the entire Bears game. I did. I didn't watch a second of that game. But how they came back and beat the Bears, I don't know. But I do know this. The team that I saw at U.S. Bank Stadium play the Vikings I think a quarter and a half in, cashed it in and said, ah, today's not our day, we're done. Yeah, and that's that's a team that knows it's not really playing for anything, so you get up big on them early. The problem that the Bears made was they gave them hope. Like, they let them get that big early lead, and they were like, hey, this is a game we can actually win. Let's stay interested. Yeah, no, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> but, the, but if you get the Raiders down early, they go, ah, it's just another How did that loss. defense, how, how did your Bears defense, though, give Carr? Carr looked awful here. He looked completely lost. How did the Bears, who obviously have a very good, one of the best in the league defenses, 
give them that much hope. Akeem Hicks left the game early, so that, that didn't help. But they didn't have Akeem Hicks no. at all the week that they played the Vikings. But they were preparing to not have Akeem Hicks. Or it was the week was it the week they played the Vikings or was week it before. the following week? Week that before they didn't have him. No, no, they he got hurt in the Monday night game at Washington. That's right. Yeah. And then on Sunday didn't play against the Vikings, and then they went and played the Raiders last Sunday. That's right. So, so no, they didn't have Hicks for the game. So they were preparing to be, they were preparing to be without Hicks. Okay. Caught him off guard in that game. But Carr was just getting the getting the ball out fast and not giving Khalil Mack and the rest of the guys a chance to wreak havoc on him. And I've said before, that's that's the recipe for success against that Bears defense. Get the ball out early. And that's what Cousins doesn't do well. And don't give Khalil Mack a chance to, you know, wreck shop in that in that offensive backfield. What are you laughing about over there? This typo on Twitter. Oh, okay. It's so good. All right. <laughs> the one I pointed out? Yes. Okay. Somebody misspelled shotgunning. Chad misspelled <laughs> shotgunning. Oh, hold on. Tweeting into the show. I don't need to tell you what how he misspelled it. Let well, your mind do the magic for you. He just misspelled shotgunning. Well, misspelled, misspelled I suppose it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to dismiss it as a possibility. It's so good. <laughs> I agree with you, though, about getting out to a fast start. For the <laughs> yes, he's right. <laughs> You're all right. It is a completely different thing. I agree about getting off to a, a quick start because... The Eagles, when they can pin their ears back and they know you're trying to throw the ball, especially against a subpar offensive line, they can get after the quarterback. But what we've seen in four of their five games so far is that otherwise they're not great at getting after the quarterback, unless you're the Jets. Then they're really good at it. But I don't think this Eagles defense, and I'm not even saying that people are putting them up on some kind of pedestal or calling them a great defense, but I think even the perception that folks have of this Eagles defense is a bit overblown. I don't think they're they're all that good. And again, like I said, if the Vikings win this game, I'll save my prediction for write that down at 5 o'clock. How about that for a big league tease? I like that. Um, I think we'll be here on Monday going, yeah, but after further evaluation, that wasn't a very good defense. We still have questions if, about Kirk Cousins in the offense. If you if you allow this this defensive line... If you allow them, if you drop Cousins back and, and ask him to pass, the interior of the Vikings O-line will collapse, and I think it's going to be ugly. If the Vikings O-line was good, I'd be with you. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine, no problem. But they're not. And Bradbury's playing hurt now, and Dakota Dozier's going to have to play instead of Klein, and Elf line is struggling. I would not tempt fate. I would have Kirk Cousins getting the ball out as quickly as possible, consistently, and saying, Kirk... We're going to put you in pistol, and we want you to throw the ball almost instantly. Because then you're fine. And lots of screen passes and, to Delvin Cook. Yes. Is what I'm calling for. Yes. I, I want Delvin Cook, I think, on Vikings event line on Thursday. I said I'd like to see him get something in the neighborhood of 25 to 26 touches, about 18 carries, and seven or eight passes. I like it. I like the mix. But I want the mix. I want the mix, and I do not want them to be stubborn, though, and be like, but we're a running team. Okay, that's fine. I'm not asking you not to run. It's it's fine to run. But if you mix th- things up, and now you're getting short passes off to Cook and Diggs, Thielen, I think you've got a chance. And if you get off to a fast start, I think that you win. If you don't get off to a fast start, my problem then is Cousins, I think, starts to struggle emotionally, and his confidence is shaken. And once that happens... As you've seen, Rami, it can lead to a whole bunch of bad Kirk Cousins things. Can it? Haven't noticed. The Kirk Cousins experience, you're you're going to get it. The question is, how is it going to be delivered? Because he's going to make some dumb plays. Right. Like, he's going to throw backwards sometimes. He's going to fumble. And 
Zim and us are going to say, what did you just do? But if you're also getting with the potential good of the Kirk Cousins experience, then I think you're okay. The bad thing is when things start to really go south, and then it's just all bad. And I will be here talking. And Thielen, is, and Thielen and Diggs are like, where's the ball? <laughs> and then after the game, Diggs disappears and all hell breaks loose. I'll be here talking about that game with Manny Hill as soon as it's over on uh, Viking Ventline, the show that Judd hosts Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. on Mondays, 11 a.m. throughout the rest of the week. And again, as soon as that game is over, we will be here to talk about that game with you. You can call in. You can tweet in at Score North. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami. And back right after this on 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Hey guys, it's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I want to talk to all you business owners out there. I've been a business owner myself. I know what goes into it. You love the ups and you love the elations, but you're also grinding on a daily basis, solving problems, taking care of employees, and sometimes even being around your employees more than your own family. So it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. When you partner with Federated, You get more than just a policy. You get a face-to-face relationship and get over a century of experience in Federated helping businesses become as successful as they can be. It's a Minnesota-based company down in Owatonna, and their website is a very powerful tool for all of you business owners. Federatedinsurance.com to find out about the industries that Federated protects and Federatedinsurance.com to find your Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Cousins, uh, you know, I think every defense going to want that guy to throw the ball. For me, that's entirely the leading part of the offense. So, uh, I guess that definitely that guy won the game, probably one of the best in the league. Uh, you know, he just got here real good receivers. He just went on the pass the ball. He won Rami, we have a shade alert. We've got shade being cast from Philadelphia. That was Eagles linebacker Zach Brown, who was a former teammate in Washington of Kirk Cousins. And that quote, which was a little bit hard to hear in a busy Eagles locker room, was some serious shade being cast at the Vikings QB. He says, Zach Brown's quote said, I think every defense is going to want that guy, being Cousins, to throw the ball. For me, that's probably the weakest part of their offense is him. Everything else is good. They've got a real good run game, probably one of the best in the league. They have real good receivers. You just want them to pass the ball. You want Kirk Cousins to get it in his hands. Hmm. This is a guy that played with Kirk. I don't think Kirk, across the board, is probably the single most popular teammate. I think that's probably true, especially of guys who play defense with Kirk. But nonetheless, an interesting quote, which uh, to me harkens back to the Green Bay Packers player after week one, the first Thursday night game, who after the Packers beat your Bears in the opener, essentially said, we wanted Mitch Trubisky to have to play QB. This quarterback or this quote about the Vikings quarterback is definitely throwing shade, but it's insightful. It's insightful, and the only thing that Zach Brown does not acknowledge that that he probably should is the Vikings' offensive line is not that good. But you also have to go back and think, you know, Zach Brown played with Kirk. This is the type of thing that I'm very curious. When Kirk hears this, 
does Kirk get mad and think, bleep Zach Brown, I'll show him? Or does Kirk get flustered and think, geez, Zach Brown sort of knows me, sort of on to me a little bit? Do because think- some, guys, some guys love that stuff, and some guys get thrown off by that stuff. Do you think Kirk Cousins has that type of self-awareness you're talking about? Um, to know that when people are criticizing him that they may or may not be touching on some truths? You know what? I think he, he does seem pretty insightful I and think, introspective. I think Kirk Cousins, I think he has the ability to be flummoxed when people question him and take it to heart. And, and now, now, if they said, if Zach Brown said, like, the Vikings or something, I think Kirk's like, oh, okay, cool, no big deal to me. But I think if you personally go after Kirk, Kirk probably gets thrown off by it. So, yes, my, my answer to your question is yes. I think he has the ability to process and probably be a little bit thrown off by a guy saying exactly what the Packers uh, defenders said about Trubisky, which is, we want Kirk to have to play Make him play quarterback. quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's accurate? Because uh, that's what I said after the Bears game. Yes, remember I, remember yes, I, remember and I, I brought I agreed up with that you. exact line? I agreed with you. And said, if I'm any defensive coordinator moving moving forward for the remaining 12 weeks of the season or 13 weeks, whatever it was at that point, yeah. that I'm that's my philosophy. I'm going to try and I'm going to contain Dalvin Cook, try and put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands, and yes. make him play quarterback. I think you're right. And yes, I think that that is... I think that the more thought I gave... To the quote that Zach Brown gave, uh, I think today, the more I thought to myself, because at first I thought, why poke the bear? Like, that seems odd. That seems sort of dumb. But then I thought about it more and more, and I thought, okay, but consider the source of, consider the person he's going after. And the fact that I don't think Kirk has the, this whole thing about Kirk playing mad is a bunch of BS. Like, I think Kirk, I think Kirk thinks that if he can tune things out, he's playing mad, but that's not playing mad. But I think if anything is in Kirk's head, it actually hurts him, which is why I said, if I'm the Vikings, my goal for this game is Kirk, get football, throw football, get football, throw football. Do not. I don't want to drop you back to pass. I don't want you to have to think. I want you to utilize the best playmaking guys around you to the best of their ability. But every time that's going to be to have you operate as quickly and efficiently as possible. So, Zach Brown, at first I thought, I don't know if that's smart. And then I thought, you know what, with Kirk Cousins, that might actually sort of work. They got the Redskins next, right? After the Eagles, isn't it the Redskins? Uh, Detroit. Oh, Detroit. They go to Detroit and then then Washington. Washington on On a Thursday Thursday night. Um, I think that's right. I'll look. But yes, that sounds right. Kirk claims he plays better when he's angry and when his back's against the wall. Which I don't buy. If... And if he doesn't come out and perform against that Washington defense after oh I've told you after I'm, Zach Brown said this about him he can never say I play better when I'm angry or have something to prove again because that's a bad defense with one of his former teammates on it who's they, saying this guy is not very good we want the ball to be in his hands they, they go you are correct they go Philadelphia on Sunday at Detroit and then a Thursday night game quickly against Washington on. October 24th. But yeah, I don't... See, I don't buy that Kirk... Okay, first of all, let's be very clear. Kirk played a good game against the Giants. It tells me nothing about Kirk. I don't think Kirk played angry. I think Kirk got confident because he's playing a bad defense. Don't you? 
I don't think that had anything to do ultimately with now. Now, do I do I think that Kirk probably said after that week at, after the Chicago loss, I got to tune some things out. Yeah, I do think that. But this whole I don't buy this whole thing of I was angry. No, you weren't angry. You might have been slightly defiant. Okay, but that's like a child. Like we're dealing with a sixth grade kid here. Slightly defiant is not angry. I've seen guys play mad before, and that's the old I'm going to shove it up your bleep. Okay, that was not what we saw from Kirk on Sunday. Ultimately, what we saw was a guy play a really bad team and be successful. But that bad team couldn't tackle either. You know, Dalvin Cook ran through the Giants' defense like the Giants' defense had a script from a movie to purposely miss Dalvin Cook. And they did, frequently. And they did, yes. But I I just I thought it was very in- intriguing because at first I didn't think that it was a great idea to probably poke an opposing player that your team is going to play. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, but in this case, I wonder if there's a conscious, I know Kirk, and this is going to adversely affect Kirk mentally. And I can't put it past that it might, at least when the game starts on Sunday, be in Kirk Cousins' head. Hey, real quick, uh, wanted wanted to change gears because we have Fitz coming up next. Jason Fitz from ESPN. We got write that down at 5 o'clock, and, and the rest of the 5 o'clock hour is spoken for. I feel like we kind of need to address this today, Judd. Did you see the NBA's latest move in this whole China controversy? Oh, yeah, I did. Yep. They canceled all media availability yep. uh, while for the rest of their tour of China. Does that am I am I am I overreacting to this? Because the it really rubs me the wrong way that they're essentially bowing to Chinese to the Chinese government and becoming an arm of Chinese state run media. That that rubs me the wrong way. But the counterpoint, and there's there's merit to it, mm-hmm. is that you like if you I have an iPhone. They exploit the the Chinese business model and the fact that they can pay people, you know, slave wages basically to make their phones in in China. Nike exploits the very same thing. I I I use an iPhone. I wear Nikes. I wear Adidas. They do the same thing. But that doesn't does that mean I condone it and I should just shut my mouth about the NBA basically do basically doing well, what the rest of those companies are doing? Though. I I I get your point, but I think it goes deeper. Than that with this entire conversation. My question back to you is this one. Is the NBA just sort of very quietly hoping that this goes away, blows over essentially, and that we all go back to our business of watching basketball and that they continue their uh, their financial dealings in China and ESPN does as well, and we just all forget this? Is that the goal here? Are we just hoping that by not allowing players to be quoted about this or ask the questions or shut the players down, that this just, you know, that they come back to the States and then it's just all hunky-dory and quiet? Is is that what we're after here? Because it is very, to go back to what we discussed on Thursday, I find it very intriguing that the NBA has been so at the forefront, right, of our players and our executives can voice anything that they want because it's a free country and that's what makes it great. And if you want to talk about Trump because you can't stand him, go right at, you know, Steve Kerr was back to doing that, that again. And, and the NBA has been one league where really until now, it seems like nothing has been silenced. And this one, it's not because. Morgan Houston has not been fired. They're letting China buy their silence. Yes, but that's but so are they just hoping? And it appears to me the answer to this question is yes. 
that we just all sort of forget about this and we're like, ah, it's politics. Let's go back to sports. And that in two weeks, we just don't mention it again. I don't, because I, it seems like that's you know what? the that end prob- game here. That probably will happen. No, that, I agree. It that, usually does happen. That probably will happen. I can't even lie. Even as somebody who has a microphone, do you feel compromised it, by this? Compromised in in like in my morals. Like, do I feel dirty watching the NBA now, or do you feel like the whole thing is just because this league has been so out front of saying our people can talk what about I, whatever they want, but this one's gone too far. What I've said is that this in the past the NBA have said we support our players' freedom of speech and standing out against social injustice. It just so happens that most of the time when they've done that, they've spoken up after Trayvon Martin was murdered. Yeah. They've spoken up in support of Black Lives Matter. They've spoken up against President Trump. And all three of those things are very popular stances among young people and among black people who happen to be they're two primary demographics in terms of selling the NBA product in the United States. So now, in hindsight, with this China thing, it seems to me that the NBA is okay with you speaking up on social injustice if it helps the bottom line and if it falls in line with what our viewers and our right. audience, our consumers, what their values are. Right. But if it's something that's going to hurt the bottom line, shut your mouth. Right, and just forget about it. Yes. Move on, go about your day. If it's something we don't that want to hurt the you. bottom line, like a, a market of a billion people in China who may not get the chance to buy the NBA and the shoes and the clothes and the jerseys and everything that goes with it, then we have to, that, now we have to put a stop to, to freedom of speech. And David Silver, excuse me, Adam Silver can't get in a podium, can't get on a podium three days ago and say, we support Daryl Morey and all our employees' freedom of speech. And then China says, you want to play the rest of these games? On our on our on our territory, and I would have taken my teams and gone home. No more talking. And I and I would have gone home. Um, all right. So that circles back to because the idealistic thing would be, well, you just don't, you know, quit watching basketball, quit watching sports. But this is true. What what's ha- happening here is true of how many businesses across the board, right? It's not just like I, every, it's not just sports. Dude, it's businesses across the everything board. Everything I'm wearing, my phone, yeah. my computer, this coffee so, mug. The only thing yeah, that I can made in China. The only thing. <laughs> the only thing that I can say about this is at the at the end of the day, is this is why it pays to be cynical of everything, and it's unfortunate, but it's true, because you're not going to quit watching sports, and you're not going to quit shopping for clothes that you like, and you're not going to... But to understand that all of these things are in some way, shape, or form compromised, it's why I've always said, you know, the stupidest thing in football is like, oh, the coaches, what the coaches want matter, and that's true until, guess what? TV comes along and says, we're going to kick it 1 a.m., bleep you. And the coach like, I don't want to kick it 1. And they're like, not too bad, right? Or gambling. There's always something else in business that that supersedes what we think is the most important thing in that that business and to think that human beings now are going to be like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shop there and i understand that some folks will but to think that across the board sports fans are now going to say like i'm going to take the stance against basketball no they're not so the only thing that you can do is understand that very rarely do any of these people have the best interest of things in mind truly they want you to believe that but if you call bs at least in your mind you know that they know that you see through them. I'm not going to stop watching the NBA. No, nor, there, I'm not nor gonna, am I. I'm not going to stop using an iPhone. Or using but do you a, think any sport has... Do you, you name me the sports league 
that has that is really that actually has a moral high ground. Yes, that actually name, has that actually has a moral compass. Yes, I don't know that any of them really do. And they don't. The same can be said for corporate America as a whole, which right. is which is what I was just getting at. I'm not going to stop watching the NBA. I'm not going to stop using an iPhone. I'm not going to stop wearing Nike. I'm not going to stop wearing Adidas. And there's because corporate greed is so out of control in this country that if I was going to only consume products and services that weren't tainted by China or anything else, yep. I'd spend all my time looking for that stuff and wouldn't have time to and do anything not, else. And you're not going to inconvenience, and this is true of me too, we're not going to inconvenience ourselves to go out of our way because of our our momentary outrage. We're just not. You're but, right. But none of these businesses and none of these leagues give a damn about you, me, or anybody else. They want into our pocketbooks for sure, and they get there a lot. But our relationship with these leagues and sports and businesses, they end at how much can they get from you. And if you ever think that they have the best interest of people in mind, you're naive beyond belief. The, the Really, the only effect it's going to have, and I don't think this matters to Adam Silver or anybody else, but in the future when he talks about supporting his players and his employees, exercising their freedom of speech and speaking out against social injustice, I'm going to roll my eyes right out of my head. You're right, too. Based on this. And you're right, too. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. I bet Jason Fitz has some thoughts on this as the host of Outside the Lines on ESPN and Golick and Greenberg in the morning on ESPN Radio. It's not Greenberg anymore, is it? It's Golick and Wingo. Yes. Golick and Wingo. And it was Mike and Mike, even when it was Greenberg. Man. We should just go to a break. We should. Jonathan here with this hour's Score North Download brought to you by Chet's Shoes. You can join Dan Terrar, Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself on Sunday, October 20th for Minnesota United playoff action as they host the LA Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs live from Allianz Field. Pre-game at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.30 on Score North on AM 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. And the final injury report of the week was released earlier today for the Vikings-Eagles game this weekend. Out for the Vikings this weekend, Ben Gideon and Josh Klein. They both did not practice this week. So the Vikings will be without those two pieces going into an important matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Chad with Rami. On Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app at 5 o'clock. We will write things down and hold each other accountable for things we wrote down in the past. We have a new uh, batting average leader and write that down at 5 o'clock. I don't know if you guys... Really? Really? It was not a good week for all of us. No, it was a bad week for all of us, Ooh, but like to see a new less bad for one of us who moved into the lead what? in the write-that-down batting average standing. Certainly hope that person's like humble. He earned and... his way up there. He just like everybody else. <laughs> I certainly hope that person's humble when he finds out failed, and doesn't brag. Failed his way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> it's been done before. <laughs> Joining us now on Mackie and Judd with Robbie as he does every Every Friday at this time, you catch him on Golic and Wingo weekday mornings on ESPN Radio right here on Score North and on Outside the Lines on ESPN Television. Jason Fitz. Jason, how are you this afternoon, sir? Well, I think you guys may have just saved my life. I was uh, in a cage with Mike the Tiger at LSU uh, and the National Championship Trophy from LSU and uh, doing a little work for Countdown to Game Day, uh, another show that I do every oh. Saturday. We're in Baton Rouge, but... Well, uh, I was Jason. I was inches away from a tiger and the phone rang and I said this is a good time to walk away Jason, from the furry beast. You said you said near the cage, right? Not in the cage because it's well, just stupid to get in the cage. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna well, hold no, back here. 
not all the way. Like, there's two cages. There's an outside cage and an inside cage. So I got the the uh, I got the special opportunity to be in the inside cage. Uh, but it was still there's still you know some some caging between me and a tiger. Okay. But I, 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 I don't. I don't there know was a barrier. There was a barrier. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything for content, boys. Anything for. Content. <laughs> I was going to say what. Okay, you've got to tell us more. What were you doing? being inside part of the cage and why and didn't you at some point say hey guys this is a great idea for somebody else well see my one life rule is if you would see it in the beginning of a horror movie and say don't do that then you shouldn't do it so i just blatantly like i violated my one life rule but we are doing a feature on mike the tiger for countdown to game day which is on the espn app twitter youtube everywhere you get your uh, live streams from espn tomorrow morning at uh, nice uh, eight thirty a.m eastern thank you so much uh me maria taylor and david pollock and so we wanted to talk a little bit about what mike the tiger's routine is and you know what mike the tiger means to lsu so we were talking to the vet that takes care of him, and uh, we got the extra special access close to the Tiger. I'm suddenly questioning why I decided I wanted to work in sports. I'm glad you're okay. I yeah. may or may not need to change my pants, but I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you for that. You know what? If you were that close to a Tiger, I'm not passing judgment on you one bit, Jason. Perfect. Perfect. Jason, usually we, we spend our time with you talking football, and we will get into that. But you're the host of Outside, one of the hosts of Outside the Lines on ESPN Television. So a topic I'm sure you've, you've covered on that show is this controversy now between the NBA and China. And to me, Jason, I don't, I don't know if I'm overreacting, and some people are saying those in my camp are overreacting. It seems really hypocritical to me that a, a league whose commissioner has outright said in the past he supports his players and all his employees' freedom of speech and to speak out against social injustice to shut down any and all media availability for the remainder of their time in China at the behest of the Chinese government. That really rubs me the wrong way, Jason. Am I overreacting in your opinion? Well, I don't think you're overreacting, but I, I will say this. I think we need to see what happens when everybody gets back. And, you know, there's a couple of elements here. Number one, obviously, we have people in China. And, you know, when people are in China and you want to make a bold statement or they want to make a bold statement about the government, it might be the, in the best interest of everybody to get back before they make any statements for safety concerns. The second part of it, and I think this is an important part of it, I don't have any problem with the player standing up and saying, hey, I'm unaware of the full ramifications sure. of what's happening here. So what I want to see is as awareness grows, now what happens? Is there action now that the issue's been brought to everybody? And I think that's fair for all of us. I mean, how many people, if you're just a casual sports fan, uh, are not really paying attention to whatever's going on in China? Heck, we can barely keep track of what's going on here, right? So there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I didn't know. Now, now they know. And so what happens over the course of the next, uh, the coming days and weeks is going to be the biggest statement to me. If we continue to hear nothing from everybody as they educate themselves on the issues, and frankly, as we all educate ourselves on the issue, mm -hmm. then yes. That becomes incredibly hypocritical if you're going to choose not to, to take a stand when, frankly, dollars and cents are at hand, which is what this is about ultimately for everybody, and that includes the NBA, that includes ESPN, all of us. Everybody has dollars in, in hand because there are so many people doing business with China. So I understand being careful, but if careful turns into prolonged silence, then I think that NBA fans that support the fact that the league has never been about money but been about instead culture and bettering the world have some serious questions that deserve to be answered. Exactly. Um have you ever, five or six weeks in to a season before, seen what you consider, Jason Fitz, to be this many bad National Football League teams? There's been me mediocre play and bad teams, and Cleveland was you know terrible for quite a while. But I'm just starting with the Dolphins. I, I went to the Vikings-Giants game last week, saw part of the Giants game last night. 
I think there's four or five teams that are absolutely just atrocious. Not sort of bad, but off the charts bad. I agree, and I think it's a real problem the NFL is going to have to look at. We didn't think tanking would become part of the logic of the National Football League, right. but you can't tell me today it isn't. And look, this isn't about who the worst team in the NFL is. That's the Dolphins. But it's not about being the worst team. It's about being 0-16. There are multiple teams right now that I think could actually stake their claim to 0-16. And what you're going to end up with, and the league does not want this, in the second to last week of the season, you're going to end up with a matchup of what could be the two worst teams in the league when the Bengals take on the, the Dolphins in the second to last week of the season where winning will actually hurt their draft status. Are people going to, at that point, are you going to play backups? Are you not going to play anybody? Are you going to be pre-balled from the practice squad? Like, we're going to see things we never thought existed in the NFL at the end of the season, and it's going to get ugly. And the, the alarming part about that is if that happens, if we end up with a bunch of teams that are all 1-15 in and they're tanking to try and get better draft capital, could the NFL draft have to be changed? And that's staggering to say. But ultimately, if it's working, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, you get rid of everybody, you have three first-round picks. Maybe your logic is this works. We still need to see long-term if it turns around a team. That's going to be the other side of it because tanking doesn't have any value to anybody if you can't win once you've gotten through the process. Do you think that the – I'm putting this in air quotes because they haven't really lived up to the hype this year, but the success of the Browns tanking has encouraged other teams to do that? I mean, they stockpiled draft picks, drafted some good guys, used some of those draft picks to trade for players like Odell Beckham Jr., and people look at that talent or look at that roster on paper and go, man, that that seemed to work for them. Do you think other teams around the league took notice of that and it's kind of starting a trend? Yes, but that's a that's a short-sighted memory from, from the league, which is the way the league works so often, right? But let's Remember, it wasn't that long ago that the Browns had multiple first-round picks and they used them on, I don't know, uh, Johnny Manziel. You know, guys that yeah. are no longer in the league. So what we have to remember is no matter how many draft picks you get, your team better be able to utilize those draft picks effectively. You guys know I'm a Raiders fan, and it looks to me like they may have done really well with a couple of their draft picks. But the other ramification that we have to remember is what if you hit on all your draft picks? Let's say you have three first-round draft picks and you crush it. You have the best GM in history, and you get three <laughs> Hall of Fame player, player level players. Are you going to pay all three of them franchise money in five years? I don't know where you're going to make the money for that. So, like, there are long-term ramifications to that, too, that I don't think anybody's considering. Jason, last one for you. We didn't get a chance to, to talk last week um, during all the drama, the, the soap opera that the Minnesota Vikings were be, between Adam Thielen calling out essentially Kirk Cousins and his lack of being able to complete some deep passes. Kirk Cousins apologizing to Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs missing practice later in the week. Fine $200,000. What did you make of all that from, from a distance? Do you, think this is, do you think this is beyond repair, or do you think winning, if they should do so, will fix all? I think it's unraveling. And when you see this many star players that are getting paid walk away or come out and make these statements, when they're putting sort of getting it off their chest ahead of the, the money that they've already been paid, I mean, I, I question whether Mike Zimmer can get everything on track, and it's going to take more than winning. It's going to take winning and getting winning the right way. I don't know how they do that. So, you know, let's also remember, as much as things were back on track last week, Dalvin Cook had a huge game. What happens when he doesn't? That's what we need to know the answer to. And the Giants just stink, too. They're terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're off. How, how did your Oakland Raiders, okay, the team that I saw play here have to bring this up. at U.S. Bank Stadium this. was absolutely oh, awful and feeble. Oh, no. How did your Oakland club beat Rami's Bears club? I mean, that Bears defense against the Vikings looked fantastic. What happened? Uh, I've never said this before. It's the first time I've said it in 18 months. John Gruden outcoached somebody. 
They came in with a better game plan. They awesome. knew exactly what they wanted to do. <laughs> they came in with a bunch of big, fat guys on the offensive line that played incredibly well. Yay, fat key people. To everything. Yay to yeah, fat people. Big fat guys. <laughs> Nothing wrong with fat people, man. Nothing wrong with them. <laughs> the big fat guys got it done up front. And, and frankly, we all knew the Raiders didn't have any wide receivers. They were going to rely on their tight end. Yep. They did that, and it worked. But they did it with great scheme, great motion, great lateral motion on the offensive line, like moving left to right. I don't think the Bears saw it coming. I think the Bears actually thought they were going to get a flat, easy game plan. And instead, there was just enough trickery to confuse them. And that's a, that's what you pay John Gruden $10 million a year for. Let's see if John can do that multiple times. That's my big question. Yeah, I uh, I said the Bears had two bye weeks coming up before that game because they had the Raiders. And, and Ronnie, the big Bears fan, very upset now. You weren't on an island. Everybody thought they were going to get there. Everybody thought the Raiders were going to get their butts beat, me included. So I'm not going to hold you to anything on that. So countdown to game day uh, tomorrow where you may or may not get mauled Stay by a safe, tiger. Stay safe, man. Stay safe. We want to see you. We want to talk to you next week, okay? Well, wish my pants luck, gentlemen. Have a great week. Just wash them. Thanks, Jason. They'll be fine. You can also catch him weekday mornings on Golik and well, Ringo right say, here. If it's jockeys, they're fine. On score. If you're wearing tidy whiteies, I'd probably throw them away. Yeah, that's actually, regardless of what you're wearing, you should. Oh, boxers can take anything. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've been wearing boxers for years and years now. They can take. Uh, they can the take same a mo- ones or different. Ones? Mo- no, different ones. Oh, but I'm okay. just saying. Just if you're wearing, if you're wearing jockey shorts, you're in for a world. Of you're hurt. a strictly boxers guy. Love boxers. Yeah, I do not. I wore jockey shorts as a kid. As soon as I switched to boxers, I'm like, why was I wearing these? I stupid was things? I was a briefs guy until like I don't know, twelve, fifteen years ago. Yep. Jonathan is writing down so many That's times fine. to go really back. And I, this is a good Thank conversation. So go ahead. Um, and then I discovered boxer briefs, which the is greatest. Oh, the best of both worlds. I don't think I have those. So great. They're great. You're really, missing out. You really should look into them. Okay. Try it's, them out. It's real, they really are the best of both worlds. I don't know how they hold up to the problems Jason is having I just right want now. Jason not to go in a cage with a tiger. I don't think that's necessary. I would never. I would not even, like he said, there's another cage no, between them, I like another care. barrier. I wouldn't do that either. No, nah, I don't need to be that close to I'm a tiger. I'm sensing discipline for QB cesspool challenge. What, you're going to oh, put me in a tiger cage? No, you're cage? not going to kill him. <laughs> You want to make like him getting killed. No, you want to make him uncomfortable, not kill him. Another cage. Yeah, but if he starts to get nervous and something, and the tiger senses his fear and mauls him and rips his throat oh, out, well, I'm going to get nervous. Don't be fearful. No, I'm going to be fearful. No, That's no, no, no. We're drawing the line at death. We don't want Rami drawing, dead. Thank you. I'm glad you're drawing the line at death. Slightly hurt. That's funny, but dead's not good. I appreciate that, Judd. Always looking out for me. We'll hit a quick break. We'll s- send you in the bathroom though with a multitude of people until you can't come out. I need to listen to country music. On the other side, we will uh, right things down, hold each other accountable for things we've written down in the past, and we have a new batting average leader. It's Write That Down. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Well, Mackie here. Now, I've been talking about the new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs with superior 4K picture quality and Dolby Vision, and now TCL has new sound bars. The TCL Alto sound bar, simple to set up and with available wireless subwoofers, TCL creates a truly immersive viewing and listening experience. The TCL Alto soundbars provide precision playback for any TV, and they play music from smartphones and laptops. TCL brings you excellent picture quality, sleek design, and stunning resolution, and now the TCL Alto soundbars deliver superb sound all at an affordable cost. The TCL Roku TV has endless entertainment with easy access to over a half million TV episodes and movies and thousands of streaming channels. 
I experience TCL daily with the TVs in the Scornor studios. Everything looks great, but sports look especially amazing. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and available at major retailers everywhere. Learn more at TCLUSA.com. I do think that I might need help. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's right. Every Friday, we make predictions. Unlike other sports talk radio shows, we actually write those predictions down, hold each other accountable for them later. It's called Write That Down. Manny Hill joins us for this every week. Did Mackie send you any predictions, Jonathan, or is he just taking the week off? Uh, I think he's just taking the week off because I didn't get any. He's right. predicting he'll drink 74 <laughs> claws this weekend. And right now he's on 73, so he's about to pay it off. Let me text him quick. <laughs> he showed me uh, his fiance. Uh, sent him a picture of she did the shopping for the weekend and it was just cases of White Claw, 70 calorie White Claw, which that's, I told him she's a keeper. You keep her around. That's that's a good woman you got there. I um, want my gal to come home with craft beers. <laughs> and I'll take all those calories. Before we get into our predictions for this week, we have to hold each other accountable for predictions we've made in the past, including our listeners. Dale W. predicted that Eddie Rosario will hit at least five bombas in the 2019 postseason. At least two of them, he said, will be in the seventh inning or later. Kyle said... That's that's a minus three right there. (laughs) Kyle said Jose Barrios will enter as a reliever multiple times in the playoffs for the Twins. We got a chance to do that. Catholic sports dude said Twins win the division, advance in the playoffs, but then lose in the ALCS to an AL East team. Dan C. said Twins will make it to the ALCS. Tom F. said Twins will win a playoff series next year. He said that. Last year. You can tweet your predictions, by the way, at Score North, at Rami's tweeting, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolget. Uh Mackey, rough week for Mackey. Oh boy, that's I'm a just lo- not I'm not gonna buzz every single one because he didn't get one right. I'm just gonna do one big buzzer at the end. Okay. Uh, that's a lot of buzzing. That's a lot of buzzing. A lot of red on my screen right now. Taylor Rogers, zero earned runs in at least two appearances in the ALDS. Cruz hits three or more home runs in the series. The Rock will challenge Steve Austin on Friday night SmackDown. Nelson Cruz and Eddie Rosario will both homer in game one of the ALDS. Twins will beat the Yankees in a playoff series. Twins will go to the ALCS. Thank you. That was Oh, you gotta do at least another that wasn't one. Long enough, but yeah, come on, man. There. Judley Zolgad. <laughs> That's appropriate. <laughs> don't, don't play that with this weather. You never know. <laughs> Judd says twins will win at least one in the first two games at Yankee Stadium. He said Araldis Chapman will blow at least one save in the series. He said Jose Barrios will pitch at least six innings in his first game of the ALDS. He said Zucker will be traded to Vancouver. However, that was a long time ago. Judd also said Nelson Cruz will hit a home run in game one. And he said Sano will homer in the first game of the ALDS for the Twins. Jonathan Harrison, another rough week. Stephon Diggs will touch the ball at least seven times on Sunday, he said last week. 
The Rock will announce a match for himself at some point tonight. He said, "Did The Rock do anything last week? Yeah, what did happen? Smackdown? What did he do? Beat the crap out of Baron Corbin. It was awesome. Who? Yeah, Baron Corbin. I don't know who that is. Or King Corbin. Thank you. No, it's just Baron Corbin. We're not okay. How's that great? Well, that's what he's calling himself. I thought this was supposed to be a throwback of some sort. No, it was a great bit. Him and Becky Lynch just teamed up, and it was awesome. Did he get on the mic? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yes, okay. he did. He's a master at the mic, man. Did he tell anyone to know their role and shut their mouth? Essentially, yeah. Did mm-hmm. he say, I'm going to lay the smack down? I think he did, didn't he? Did he say, it doesn't matter what your name is? Uh, no, Becky Lynch actually dropped the, it doesn't matter what you think. Did he ask if we smelled what he was cooking? Yes, he did. All right. He it was hit, fantastic. And he touched on all the bases. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jonathan also said, Twins will beat the Yankees in four. Twins will make the ALCS. Twins will get swept by the Yankees in the postseason. Hold on. How can you make the, both of those predictions? I hedged. Yeah, you can do that. I made a smart play here. Cousins. No, you forgot about one of them. No, I knew, no I knew I made that pick. Don't give me that. I have them all written down, Judd. It's just like last year I picked that the Celtics were going to go to the NBA Finals, and then I picked that the Raptors would go to the NBA Finals. I thought you picked a third team. Yeah, you picked three teams yeah, to go to the NBA Finals. And with, the, with the Stanley Cup, I picked oh. like three teams. Okay, because you picked the Maple Leafs at one point and yeah. the Raptors, and then that got all yeah. out of whack. Cousins, he's, Jonathan also said Cousins will have at least 250 yards on Sunday. Yeah. Manny Hill said the Vols will cover. Oh, the Heat didn't get one right, they, so I'm just going to be all... Just one big yeah. buzzer at the end. <laughs> they should have covered that. Can you make it longer this cover. time when you do buzz it? Because that last time with Phil was no longer. No, yeah. but go back to back. The balls had a chance to cover last week, and then the they didn't the move a yard inside the five yard line in the closing moments of the game. He said Herb Smith Jr. would score a touchdown last week. Said Jonathan Scope will hit a home run at Yankee Stadium in the ALDS, and the Twins will score at least six runs in each of the first two ALDS games. It's got seven the whole series. <laughs> Well, you got totally screwed because Scope didn't even play at Yankee Stadium, right? RV did. He was a late replacement, but yeah. and finally, no role. Rami Makloff said the uh, Vikings would lose Sunday. Said Twins in four versus the Yankees, and at least twelve bomb bus in the ALDS. Very third person of you to say, and Rami Makloff. And Rami said the Twins are going to the ALCS. Rami had a rough week. Yeah, Rami did have a rough week. How's Rami doing? It's getting weird. Rami's been worse. Rami's also been better. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So now it doesn't matter anymore. The leaderboard looks as follows: Manny Hill at the bottom with a 234 batting average, but you're gaining on Jonathan, who mm-hmm. sits at just 236. Whoa! Yes, sir. Our guests have a 250 batting average. Uh, Phil Mackey sits at 253. Um, let's see here. I am next at 282. I. I gave out bad information. Listeners are at 291. I said 253 before. I was reading Mackey's batting average. <laughs> listeners are 291. and uh, the Listeners have held the lead almost all season long. Who could be the new leader? Judd Zolgad is your new leader with a 298 batting average. The Thank reigning, you. The reigning batting champ. Thank you. Sits atop the leaderboard I, right now. I am the Luis Arise of this show. I am <laughs> flaring the ball to left field yeah, as we speak. Yeah, but it's not like you earned your way up there. You, The listeners just bombed. It's not my fault. <laughs> Just because they choked. Sort of like the twins. Wow. 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 That was it, savage. It's true. The twins choked. Jeez. Yes. I've did. been saying it for how long? 
All right. Shulk galore. So uh, how do we do this? Mackie's not here. He usually, uh, he usually Judd, runs the circus. Judd, me, Manny, then you. Okay, yeah. Judd, uh, you go first, sir. What's your first write-that-down <laughs> prediction? The uh, golfers play Nebraska tomorrow at snowy uh, TCF Bank Stadium. I'm going to make this one very simple because I'm going to give you three predictions that will all have to come true by Sunday night, by the way. So Ooh, they'll nice. all be resolved by Sunday night. Right. The golfers will beat the Cornhuskers. The golfers will beat Nebraska and remain unbeaten on the season. Jonathan? Write that down. I, I don't have a... Uh, I don't remember f- that. Then. My first pick today, the Patriots will go 16-0, and and the Dolphins will go 0-16. Oh, par- that's a gutsy, wow. that's a gutsy that's parlay. That's very gutsy. Either one of those would be good, if you get it right. Either one would be home runs. Wow, okay. That is, yeah, both down. of those are home runs. But you have to get both yep. to get credit for No, I'm surprised you tied them together. That's what I'm saying. I wanted to tie them together. Manny no, Hill? I, I understand that. I, too, am going to make a Gophers-Nebraska uh, prediction for tomorrow. The Gophers will beat Nebraska by at least 10 points. Oh. Okay. The spread is 7.5. Yeah? Gophers are favored by 7.5. Well, is Nebraska going to be without J.D. Spielman and their quarterback, Martinez? I think they'll be without Spielman for sure. Okay. I think. Which, by the way, is too bad. Yeah. He's a heck of a player. I Write it a, down. You like writing things down. I have a Twins free agency prediction. Okay. Gary Cole? They will sign one of these pitchers. Okay. At least one of these pitchers. Okay. Garrett Cole. Hyun Jin Ru. Try to spell that. I hear you typing over there. <laughs> it's all right. Just put Ryu. Just put Ryu. Just put Ryu. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's easy. <laughs> Zach Wheeler or Homer Bailey and bring back Jake Odorizzi. They will sign one that of those guys together. Yes, they will sign one of those guys and bring back Jake o- at least one of those guys and bring back Jake Odorizzi. Write that down. Boy, I feel like that runs the gamut of possibilities because if they sign Garrett Cole and bring back Jake, that's a home run for sure for you. But you know, if it's um, Homer Bailey, I feel like that's more double. <laughs> anyway. I mean, that's my prediction. No, I know. Don't tell, I, me, I was to, breaking, don't tell me how to predict. I was breaking it down. I was giving context to your prediction. I was commentating on it because that's what I like to do. All right. You can write this down. Write down. Zach Parisi will score a goal for the Wild, one of their rare goals, in the <laughs> home opener tomorrow night against <laughs> Pittsburgh. Zach Parisi will score a goal for the Wild in the home opener on Saturday. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Then. Jonathan Harrison. Carson Wentz will have a sub-50 QBR this Sunday against the Vikings. Sub-50? Yeah. It'll be below average. QBR. Okay. All right. Write this down. Manny Hill. Jalen Hurts will win the Heisman Trophy 2019. Is he? I don't I haven't been following. Is he? He's Oklahoma quarterback. No, I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's an athlete. <laughs> he plays sports. Thank you, Manny. No, is he? is he the leader right now? Is he... I think he's the favorite. Yeah, he's probably the favorite. Manny, right how many more are you going to predict to win the Heisman? Maybe one more. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been turned loose too, right? Oh, he's I, been. I've seen him play. Lincoln Riley's and they're letting him slinging the ball all. And over by the, the way, place, that's the next guy. That guy's going to get a head coaching job in the National Football yes, League. He will. Yes, Lincoln Riley. In fact, I could see the Wilfs trying if it goes south with Zim. Someone's going to pay him a ton. And then they draft Jalen Hurts. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Someone's going to yeah. pay that guy a ton. All right. Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'm not much of a gambler, but I'm going to do an actual football betting parlay for my second write that down. All mm. right? Mm. All right. You ready for this? Vikings win on Sunday. 
They cover the three-point spread okay. over the Eagles, their three-point favorites, okay. and take the over of 44. I see a shootout on Sunday, boys. I see really? a shootout happening on Sunday. So yes, they sir. win, cover the spread. They what, win, cover the, the spread. Minnesota defense? What's the spread? The, uh, the spread is three points, and the over-under is 44. Wow. Okay. Mm. Taking the over. And the Vikings, minus three. I've got 24-17, so yeah, okay. Interesting. I've just always kind of wanted to be one of those gambling radio type of guys, and I just sounded like it. Vikings cover. <laughs> they win the game. You can't afford not to call me. And take the over. That's my 10,000-star like stratosphere that. star yep. lock of the day. You heard it here, folks, and call 1-800-blah-blah-blah for the rest of my picks. <sighs> okay, my final, write that down for this Friday, and blah-blah-blah. More blah, blah, blah. I feel like my picks, you know, okay, Gophers beat Nebraska, that's fine. Parisi scores a goal, that's fine. But I don't feel I've done something sexy yet. I feel like I really need to do something much more sexy than that and write that down. And that's why I have, I. this came uh, to me during Purple Daily with Collar. I predicted it then, but I'm going to put it in the write that down book right now. Okay. Andrew Sandejo will be ejected from Sunday's game (laughs) against the Vikings. Andrew Sandejo. I'm I'm not going to say it's going to be... For a, a hit, but I'm going to keep it more vague th- than that, just in case, like he attacks an official or something. <laughs> but and, to, like, an but and, well, think about it, <laughs> Andrew Sandejo, who is who who uh, should have been suspended for his hit on his teammate in Green Bay. Yes, that hit on Maddox was. I don't know how you don't get you damn near killed your teammate, and you were trying to kill a Packer. How you don't get uh, two games for that? I don't know, but. Sandejo will be ejected from Sunday's game. All right. Write that down. Write yeah, that write down. that down. I write that down. Well, remember that. Then. Take it to the bank. Jonathan Harrison. All right, write that down. Zach Brown, the guy who just dissed Kirk Cousins, will get credited with either an interception or fumble recovery off of Kirk Cousins this weekend. Mm. Mm. Wow. All right. That was some real analysis there from you guys. Mm, mm, wow. Solid prediction. Is that better for you? Yeah, sure. Well, I, was right, just, I was just so say, all mm. in on it, I had nothing but a mm to give you. Just mm. Manny Hill. Write it down. You like writing things down. No Tennessee prediction for me this week. They've, uh, they're only underdogs by six and a half or against uh, Mississippi State tomorrow. So I'm not going to touch that one. Uh, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs will both be targeted at least eight times on Sunday. Both of them each eight times? Yes. It has not happened Can yet I give that a, a solid mm, again? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It almost happened in Green Bay. Diggs was targeted seven times, and Diggs was targeted eight. But they'll both get eight targets on Sunday. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a page out of Jonathan Harrison's book. Yeah. And uh, go ahead and go against a couple of my predictions that I made last week. There you week, go. Because I'm not feeling so good about him after what <laughs> I saw happening against there the Giants. There we go. Um, I'm going to be wrong. That's my prediction. I'm going to be... <laughs> Rami will be wrong. I will be wrong. Rami will be wrong about his two write-that-down predictions last week that Kirk Cousins would be benched by week eight and Mike Zimmer fired by week ten. Because I looked at the schedule after they won that game last week, and I made after I made my prediction, they won that game last week and what they have left between now and week ten, and I can't imagine with as bad as the football teams as they have on their schedule in the coming weeks that things will go so bad that Kirk Cousins will get benched and Mike Zimmer will be fired. So you're canceling yourself out. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I'm going to cancel myself out. All right. And uh, at least my batting average. You were so emboldened last week when you made those I predictions. I know. I don't know. <laughs> so what, sure <laughs> yourself. I don't know what it was. I had. I don't know if I had drank something before the show, smoked something before the show, but uh, I w- well, I know I didn't smoke anything before the show. Maybe somebody <laughs> slipped. Did you have a cloth? <laughs> Are you sure you didn't have a? Are you sure you didn't have a cloth? Somebody might have slipped something in a drink of mine. Okay. I'm going to go. That's my that's story. A, that's a scary thought. <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking yeah, to it. We'll blame Acme for that. Somebody roofied <laughs> me, and I, uh, I, made, <laughs> I made some very bad predictions last week and write that down. Again, if you want to get your predictions in, you can uh, tweet those at Score North, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zulgad, or at Rami is tweeting. And uh, just include the hashtag, write that down, and we will uh, go through those again next week. We do it every Friday at 5 o'clock. It is write that down. Have we talked about this proposed uh, Stefan Diggs trade by Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com? I think we talked about it on a vent line earlier this week, but I don't think we've talked about it. We, I don't think we have either. And um, it was. It, it's is a that bit aggressive? Is that the Patriots oh, one? Oh, it's super aggressive. No, this is or, a. Which one's this? This and is the three team trade one. He oh. flat out says, he, he. I think it was 10, yeah, 10 players who there have been rumors swirling yeah. around about that they could be moved before the trade deadline. And uh, one of them is Stefan Diggs. He gives trade possibilities for all 10 of those players and finishes with Stefan Diggs and admits out front that it's, quote-unquote, something ridiculous. So take that as a giant grain of salt in this trade proposal that Bill, Bar- Bill Barnwell throws out there. Three-team deal between the uh, Dolphins, Raiders, and Vikings. Here's your trade. The trade would be the Oakland Raiders get digs from the Vikings and a 2020 sixth-round pick from the Dolphins. The Dolphins get a 2020 fourth-round pick from both the Vikings and the Raiders because all they want is draft picks right now. And the Vikings get, because he says they're going to want a receiver in return because they're still in win-now mode, uh, they would get Devontae Parker, who's not good at football, and the lesser of 2020 first-round picks from the Raiders. I hate that deal for the Vikings. Yeah, not happening. Absolutely hate that deal. The, the two trade proposals that came out this week were that one and, and then the Patriots one, and both of them are not happening. The Dolphins. What was the Patriots one? I didn't see that. It was draft picks to the Vikings uh, and digs to the Patriots, and it was a ridiculous deal. It was absolutely stupid. The Dolphins would have to be throwing Josh Rosen into that deal for me to even ponder it. And even then, I'm not sure I would but do But Diggs that. is at the start of a contract. If Diggs gets right. mad, you just let him sit. Yeah. And you find him a lot. I wouldn't trade Diggs if I'm if I'm going to move Diggs. I'm going to move Diggs around the draft if yep. I'm going to move him. But I just signed him to a contract. It's year one of that contract. Let this if he's not out. happy, and the other thing is too, Kirk Cousins is not the long term guy here. So if he doesn't like if he doesn't like the offense and he doesn't like playing with Cousins, it's going to be done pretty quickly. There is mm-hmm. no there's no way that my hand is being forced into trading Stefan Diggs. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to... Maybe the, in the offseason. I could see him being That's traded in the offseason. Draft, draft but, time, because yep. his stock would be incredibly high, and you'd probably do really well. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the Patriots... The Peter King suggestion to the Patriots was like a second and a fifth or something. It, I'm not he, doing any deal He the wrote Patriots. that Diggs was not worth a first-round pick, which is absolutely ridiculous. And by the way... Any trade with the Patriots for a first-round pick is a pick at the end of the first round, so it's akin to a second-round pick. And I'm with Manny. If I see the Foxborough area code come up and, and I'm an Egan, I ain't picking up. Right. There's no it's, way it's, I'm dealing with them. It's GM malpractice to do any sort of trade with the New England Patriots. Well, and it's really stupid in season. 
Yep. Again, if they're gonna if it's draft time and you can maneuver and get some assets, then that's one thing. But yeah, I'm not doing anything. There's no way that Stefan Diggs, who signed a contract with me that's a very reasonable contract, is now going to force my hand. By the way, speaking of the Patriots and Foxborough, did you, did, I know we talked about it on Score North Live today, mm-hmm. Manny, but did you catch Gronk on uh, Fox pre and post? No, I was night? watching far too much Awful. Wild Jets. Brutal. Well, if you want to see Brutal, watch that hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> I got Brutal for you. But also yesterday, um, Robert Kraft said Gronk has, hasn't submitted his retirement papers. A lot of guys don't. And Gronk said that he hasn't closed the door to coming back. He'll be back. Well, I should have put that in wait, What am I write that down? Wait, predictions. but his, he looks like he's lost 35 pounds. He's still pretty jacked up. He pulled up his sleeve and flexed at one point. He looks, he, I saw, he's grown. okay, I thought he looked small, but we got right, small for Gronk. We got to hit a quick break. Right. On the other side, the most miserable fan bases and just where Minnesota ranks. Mackie and Judd with Rami back on 1500scorenorth.com and that handy-dandy, totally free Score North mobile app. And, uh, Judd, you see, you seem down today. Dude. Down in the dava right now. What is wrong with you? It's been two days of no sunshine. The wet, I mean, look at it. It's winter outside. How can I, how can you not be down? If you're ever going to be down in the dava, today's a day to be down in the dava. Now it's Friday. That's a nice trade-off. But seriously, the last two days, it's just very, very bleak. I have to well, admit. And it's bleak on the sports scene, too. The wild stink. The wolves aren't going to be good. Well, you expected the wild to stink. That's not a shocker. No, it's not. But I'm just saying it's bleak. It's bleak everywhere. And you knew the wolves are going to be bad, and that's good. We have, I mentioned that today on Score North Live with Danny and Manny. It's, True about the wild, too, it's, actually. It's, so we, we want both of them to be bad. Yeah, I'm just saying, but and it's it's fall, so we know the weather's going to turn nasty. I don't know about you. So Dan- I'm not surprised. Danny and Manny both disagreed with me on this today on uh, Score North Live. Yeah. Weekdays, noon to two, here on Score North. Any Score North mobile app. Shameless plug, yeah. Um, and I think you, I don't know if you were in on this conversation the other night. We did Mackie and Judd with Rami Happy Hour from uh, Stella's Fish Cafe, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. You can hear that at scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It got interesting, thanks to Tullamore. Um, but you we, got interested. We were doing our seasonal power rankings. Like yeah. What seasons we love the most. Oh, no, I was not involved in Oh, this. you weren't. Fall, for me, is number one. Fall, I love fall, yeah. Fall is number one. Yeah. And, then, and then winter, number two, just because I love Christmas that much. And Thanksgiving. I consider Thanksgiving part of winter. Yep. And then spring, number three, although it appears spring around here is just mud from the one spring I've experienced in Minnesota. It appears spring is just mud season. And then summer? And then summer. I don't like heat. See, I, I go... I, I go, sweat a lot. I go fall. Okay. Spring. Yes. I love spring because it's hockey playoff time. Baseball starts. See, I tie these all to sports, of course. Uh, then winter For probably. For me, it's just my comfort with the weather and like the scenery when but I walk my But by the way, dog. winter to me, winter to me, I want winter to be December, January, part of February. And then around February 15th now, pitchers and catchers report to spring training. That's when I want winter to start to subside. So I'm not one of these, like, let's uh, let's have it snow in November, and then I, you know, then December, and then January. I grow tired of that. By mid-January, I'm sick of it. But I like, I love, if I can get them a good fall day, we had about two of those this week. Yeah, before, that was it. That before was Before this fall. hell set in. That's what I was just getting to. That was, I, that was fall in Minnesota, apparently. I, I love a good fall day. Oh. I love, oh, I love when nice you hoodie. go outside. Yeah, exactly. The leaves are changing. You're chilled, but Crunch you're... Crunch under your feet of the leaves when you walk. You're chilled, but you're not cold. Right. Yeah. Sort of like a mixed drink. You can, like, around the house wear shorts and a hoodie. 
Yes. That's, that's my favorite that's I'm my fa- that's my favorite outfit for for home comfort. And plus it's great for sports cuz football's going, baseball playoffs are fun, hockey starts, basketball starts. And the weather today and yesterday got me down, but not as down as it has you and Danny. Down in the down. You two guys. Oh, Danny's way more, Dan, wait wait wait. Danny, don't compare me to Danny. Danny's Danny, wearing his winter Danny, cap. Danny's down more than me. I'm not that down ordinarily. I just want it to be Listen, I want some sunshine, okay? I just want some sunshine. <laughs> I understand it's Minnesota. I grew up here. I'm used to it. I just want a little bit of, just peek through, okay? Well, since we're down this road of misery with you, Judd Zolgad, have you seen ESPN's latest NFL, or no, I'm sorry, Sports Fan Misery Index? You told me about this yesterday, actually, and yeah. I purposely have not looked. So oh, I can, you haven't So I can be all. surprised by the results you give me. We t- another thing we talked about on Score North Live earlier today, and they actually have an algorithm, a, a, a formula that they, they put into a numbers machine and and calculate how miserable fans are and this year they added a a um what did they call it a drought a drought factor oh then i'm sure we moved up <laughs> so as far as minnesota teams go earlier today on score north live i went through it like they they break it down sport by sport and then overall we went through it sport by sport earlier today uh, we don't have time to do that right now so i'll just tell you where Minnesota teams rank in the overall the four major sports in uh in the United States, so NFL, MLB, NBA, and NHL. Uh the first team that appears on the sports fan misery index from the state of Minnesota is your Minnesota Twins. And they are the thirty fifth most miserable team in all of professional sports, according to what I'm looking at here. So they're our lowest? Yes. Okay. No, they're Yes, they're the, they're the lowest of the Minnesota teams. They're the lowest about. of the Minnesota teams. Yes, so they are the they are the best of the worst, basically. Uh, yeah, okay. it's it's like it's kind of like uh, the the QB or ex- actually, you know what? I have that wrong. Minnesota Timberwolves are number seventeen. Okay, so they are actually ranked higher, so more miserable. The higher you are on this, the scale, more miserable you are. The more miserable I got you. you are. Yeah, got I totally it? get that. So Timberwolves fans are seventeenth. In all of I'm sports. surprised they're 17th. I thought they'd be. You top. think that you thought they'd be higher? Yes, they're a miserable lot. <laughs> have you have you checked out the Wolves lately? One playoff appearance in what 15 or 16 years? Yes, I'm shocked they're 17th. I I would have given you top 10. I'm curious who's top 10 now. But keep going. You want to hear the top 10? Sure. Okay, top 10 in all of sports most miserable fan bases. Hang on one sec. This is going to take some navigating on my screen. First was the Sacramento Kings. Okay. Nope. I see I'm I'm even more surprised the Wolves are so low now. Number 2 San Diego Padres. Okay, they've been to a couple World Series of course 84 and 99, so it's been a while. Okay. Uh Buffalo Bills number 4. Nobody can argue with that. That's a good one. I well, like one that. One can only argue they should be higher. Same could be said about the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Um number 5 Florida Panthers. Okay. You would know better than I would. The wolves about that. should be see I, I I'm surprised there. The Wolves I I think are much more Panther like. Jets number 6. Okay. With a misery index score of 23.38. Congratulations. Like I said, there's science behind this. This isn't them just pulling this out of their behind. Uh, the Dolphins, number seven, misery index score of 22. This year alone should get them <laughs> as high as possible. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are number eight. Okay. Uh, man, Buffalo's a tough place to be. Cincinnati, number nine. Just and then uh, the Detroit Lions are number 10. Okay, so Wolves are 17. Wolves, you said, or I'm sorry, Wolves are 17. Twins, you said, are 35. Yes. Where are the Wild and Vikings? Um, let the me... Vikings, I thought, I with that list, given the drought in Super Bowls and championships, I, I thought you might 
I thought they might be around 10. Vikings are number 45 in all of sports, oh, okay. and they're 16th in the NFL. So is this too much success in, in the regular season? Is that why that they've distanced themselves? Because um, the drought factor here, if the drought is championships taken into account, you would think that they don't have a championship and or a Super Bowl appearance since January seventy seven. I didn't know this until I read the write up on them. They're the long they're the longest standing team in all four major sports who doesn't have a championship in terms of the, the length of their existence. They're the longest standing team without yeah, a championship. So why are they so low? I have I have I d- look, Judd, I didn't make this and I didn't make the algorithm. I'd like to that, write to these people besides this. I'm sure you can. Okay, so uh, Vikings and then uh The Minnesota Wild uh, are at sixty seven. You know what they and that doesn't matter. They've, no, seriously. They, they've they only been around since 2000. They haven't been around long enough. Yeah, no, yeah. no. No, like I'm you, saying I don't care about if that. If you included Minnesota, just NHL Minnesota franchises, yep. we're, we're probably talking much higher here, right? Especially when you factor in the yeah, heartbreak yeah. of your team leaving for Dallas. Yeah, that did hurt. Okay, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> hey, let's talk about your teams. How are the Cubs doing these days? You got your championship, and how are the Cubs doing? Hey, how about the Bears? How's that going for I wasn't you? doing it to rub salt in any it wounds. Like I, was, it. I was just letting you I'm know. I'm down in the dauber, and then you reminded me my team left me. <laughs> the only team I truly loved in this town left me. High and dry in 93. So, okay, so I guess I, guess I would draw. The Twins, I think, are fine. The Wild, as I told you before, I don't care. Because when you started in 2000, I don't care. The two that I would, I guess, take exception to and be a little bit surprised is I think the Wolves and Vikings should both be candidates to be to be higher up that list, meaning it feels more miserable than the picture ESPN is painting there. I thought last year they had like a pretty detailed breakdown of what the formula or the algorithm was, or at least something close that, that we could that we could look at to know how they're coming up with this. It was the misery bonus that they added into the formula this year, and it accounts for championship <laughs> Hold on a second. championship did, did droughts. Did you say the misery bonus? Championship droughts of 25-plus years, yes. So how did the Vikings not get higher up then? I, that, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. They factored in uh, these things when determining the most miserable teams. Hang on one second. This is going to take me just a second here to pull this up. Um... So for NFL teams, they factored in these various factors. Uh, championships, the number of championships you've won. Yep. Playoff births, playoff wins, yep. heartbreaks, and then rival com- and then rival comparisons. Whoa, 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 whoa. Now I'm calling complete BS. <laughs> the Vikings are ranked where they're ranked, and they factored in heartbreaks? They factored in heartbreaks, So yes. whole, wait, wait, wait. This is a bunch of crap. <laughs> You're telling me. You're telling me that the Minnesota Vikings didn't get in the top ten when they have some of the most epic football heartbreaks. Like the Buffalo Bills should not be that much more ahead, and by uh, uh, ahead I mean behind. the The Buffalo Bills should not be that much more ahead of the Minnesota Vikings. If you're going to they only factor have, in they only droughts have, and heartbreaks, they only have eight heartbreaks. For the Minnesota Vikings, they don't say what the eight are. Okay, but, but they're in epic. the column of heartbreaks. They only have eight for the Vikings. Okay, but they're epic. I don't think they ninety-eight. I don't think oh, they nine. measure the scale of the heartbreak. Well, then they, next time call just, me. Just a number. I'll help you, people. Just a number of heartbreaks that you've suffered What's, as a franchise. So you you went through one through ten. What is eleven through fifteen? Um, in the in all in all of sports. In all of sports. Yeah, I'm um, just curious. Hang on one second. Got to get back over. It's to making that tab. me madder and madder as you give me these. 15. The misery is making you more miserable. Yes. Because they didn't rank them as miserable enough. Because it's miserable outside. All right. White Sox uh, are number 11. Oh, that's a bunch of... Misery index score of 20.66. They were in the World uh, Series. Okay. Phoenix Suns are number 12 
with a 20.14. Mariners are uh, number 13. Kim? Uh, Knicks, number 14. They should be much higher, if you ask me. I don't know. I don't know how they're only 14. Well, but it sounds like they are. And then the Brewers are 50. Okay, I, I'm confused because, like, the Wolves and Knicks, I, I can see I can see if you drop them for incompetence because they're both incompetent or have been incompetent franchises at times for long periods of time. But if you're going to do that, then you have to take a team like the Vikings and move them up because they have not been incompetent, but they have heartbreak written all over them, right? And yeah. And, as you said before, droughts as well. So I don't see how, how you can go both ways here. Because the Knicks and Wolves have had a lot of years where it's just like, we, you're so poorly run, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve sympathy. But the Vikings are the are the epitome of the team where you say to yourself, you have broken your fans' hearts time and time again. Because they're never, for the most part, they're never terrible. No, not really. They no. just crush you. Yeah. And crush you, to me, means top ten. I won in the top ten. Are you okay? No, I won in the top ten. I think Minnesota sports fans deserve to be in the top ten. Here. I, love that I think they're getting screwed. I love that he's upset because his teams aren't ranked as being miserable enough. Nobody knows sports misery <laughs> like I do, okay? Nobody knows sports misery like me, and sense. this is a bunch of bleep. <laughs> you know who else knows sports misery? Patrick Royce. He does. We're going to wrap with Royce right after this. Mackie and Judd with Robbie on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Hey, guys. It's Mackie here for Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Cannot tell you guys enough about the brand-new 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving all summer long. The RAV4, there's a reason why it's one of the most popular vehicles in the country right now. It's the best combination of the spaciousness of an SUV and the handling of a Camry or a Corolla. Durable, powerful, safety features galore, technology galore. It's actually the first car I've had with Apple CarPlay built into the uh, the front deck. And I just love the fact that I can tap on the Score North app whenever I want to. Well, I know, I'm biased. Um, I also love the fact that I get lane assist and with cruise control, my car senses how far the other cars are in front of me, so I don't have to slam on the brakes. It does that for me. It's amazing. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, or just stop in. Open until 9 o'clock tonight on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Jonathan here with the Score North download, the final one of the week. This one brought to you by Elevated. You can join Dan Terhar, Callum Williams, Kendra D. St. Aubin, Jamie Watson, and myself on Sunday, October 20th as Minnesota United host their first ever playoff game. They'll be hosting the LA Galaxy in the first round of the 2019 MLS Cup playoffs live from Allianz Field. Pre-game at 7 p.m. with kickoff at 7.30 right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment of the week of Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, time to wrap with uh, Patrick Royce as we do every day at this time from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Let me start you with this one, sir. If you had to guess right now, Wild or Wolves? More wins. Which one of them? <laughs> oh, the Wild are going to be so much more successful in the standings <laughs> than the Wolves. It's not even going to be close. Now, The uh, they could still... You know, be as boring as they were last year when they were what twenty seventh in goal scoring or something, and uh, and could be. It's it's very it's very difficult to be a complete also ran in hockey, and it's very easy 
uh, to be a complete also ran in basketball. So I would say the wild. Now I, I pointed out that last night I turned over there and it was two, two and I watched for a couple of minutes and then I went back to the football game, came back four minutes later and it was four to two. What happened? Well, let's see here. Uh, the, they took, uh, Do you want my expert hockey they analysis? Both took, no. Hold on. Let me jump in here. Okay. Jeff. All right. All right. Uh, they're bad. <laughs> no, it's worse than that, you guys. So, so both teams took a penalty, and we skated four on four. Yeah. And when you have the quality of ice hockey skating that the Wild has, that's a bad idea. You don't like our chances in three on three over. Oh, what you're saying? Uh, let's just say that I believe, God bless him, Eric Stahl is uh, cooked. And if if I'm Bruce or if I'm Billy Garen, I tell Bruce, I'm not going to fire you, no matter what. Play the kids. Because there is no sense in playing the veterans because, as far as I'm concerned with them, it's over. Well, they're playing the, the – they only have 13 forwards, and the only one they're not playing is Rask, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. But but what I'm saying is – so you want to bring up some guys from no, Iowa then? No, I want to play – well, that's fine too, but I want them to play Cunning, Greenway, Donato, Eck – who they are playing, but I want those guys to play extensively. I would tell Bruce, I really would, I would say, we'll decide your future after the season is done, Bruce, but we're not firing you. Play the kids. Okay. Now this Nico Sturm or whatever his mind is, yeah. name is. Yeah. Somebody, Micheletti, I was talking to Micheletti, he says he's pretty good. Why don't they have him up here? Because they want to save $40 or something. What the hell? Well, it's because, yes, that, and they're also trying. They're also still trying to play the, the veterans. But Micheletti's right. Just bring up the kid and play him. Just tell Bruce he ain't going to be fired because well, he keeps juggling yeah. lines, and it's driving me crazy. Well, here's the other thing. Why do you have, if you're developing Coonan, why do you have him playing center where he's not going to play? Because uh, I don't think they're so sure that he's not going to play there long term. I don't okay. think they're sure yet. But they don't have, at that position, Pat, they basically got nobody. I know, but let some other guy who's been around play out a position there and let Coonan play where he's supposed to. Yeah, I think they think he might play there. I, I don't think that they're convinced that he won't play there long term. Okay, because everybody told me they didn't think he was a center. So, anyway. Well, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how uh, much uh, audience padding they did to try to get a sellout on uh, on Saturday night. I haven't, uh, you know, they they obviously the sellout streak is about to come to a screeching halt here. But it'll be interesting if they uh, they try to prolong it by maybe uh, putting a few extra tickets in those uh, season tickets season ticket holders' hands and things like that. Losses are good for both these teams, though, right, Pat? In the in in the big picture, right? Yeah, and the only trouble with that, Rami, is we've gone through this about. Fourteen times with the uh, Timberwolves. You're gonna get it right this time, though. It's, it's always <laughs> gonna be good for you, except it's not. You're gonna get it right this time. Well, you already traded up. You already traded up uh, to get a guy that you didn't want. <laughs> they already traded up to get the number six when the guy they wanted got taken fifth. So that's a, they're off to a flying start in the draft right now. Royce, did you see the shot chart? Last night, Wolves Golden State. Oh, That's beautiful. the greatest shot That's chart a work I've ever. Of art. Do you know how many long rebounds there were in that oh, game there last night? Forty-nine threes last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Long but, rebounds. Uh, did you? I I actually taped it and then watched Honks for the first half and the second half. That might have been 
the worst defensive effort I've ever seen. I've seen since the last time I watched part of the All Star game. This team paid less attention to defense and having Towns 20 feet from the basket pretending like he's running the offense might be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. He might be quick down near the basket. He's got no quickness out above. You're taking away his number one asset. It's ridiculous to think that he is your point forward uh, because he can make a three every once in a while. It's it's the dumbest idea I've ever seen in my life. I think we're going to see a lot of it, though. And honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with it while we're in the experimental <laughs> phase of things, Pat. Well, you, all you got to do is watch five minutes to see the experiment. He's not quick enough to play out there, so he looks like a clown when he's uh, trying to be your setup guy. And, uh, oh, man. Well, you know, they're obviously going to get better, and they're going to figure out who they want to play because right now they're throwing everything at the wall. But this idea that uh, first glance, take a wild-ass three, even if there's a 10% chance to make it because it's a three and it counts more than a two if it accidentally banks in is, uh, you know, is, I don't know. It's it's preposterous basketball. If I was, uh, if I was uh, someone going to the game, I would uh, be disgusted with what they're trying to do here because, you know, to, okay, we're going to play fast, big deal. You're not going to guard anybody on the other end. It's uh, ridiculous. All right, then, then, Mr. Basketball, who took the long twos and were they benched immediately? Because I saw a couple of those suckers out there. Little dots. Yeah, I saw some dots, long twos. Who took them? <laughs> I don't know. Rami, did you watch any of it last night? I did not. I was watching uh, football and baseball going well, back and I forth between the, whole the two. baseball game, but then I switched because they came on late. And by the way, they didn't get on until the middle of the second quarter because they. We had the NBA, WNBA postgame show and all that stuff. But uh, the, uh, you know, the the whole thing was, uh, it's a travesty, and I don't think that's good. you got to guard somebody. You gotta, and by the way, the all-new, determined, run-through-a-wall wiggy, yeah, that looked pretty familiar. Look, look, it looked like he's looking. But it was beyond the three-point line. Uh, yeah, well, he didn't take long twos, did he? It's, it's, hopefully, he's missing more threes than twos like he used to. So. I hope he didn't take those long twos. He better not have. No, yeah, it's going to be a dreary winter. We can sit around and wait for spring training to start, I guess. Huh? <laughs> How about that Garrett Cole last night, Patrick? That was fun yeah, to watch. I heard, uh, I heard uh, Derek saying that the Twins should offer him seven years for two hundred. That's a down payment, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's already been offered. I think didn't we read that uh, they've already offered him two thirty or something in Houston? And he's a he's a Boris, right? Yeah, I believe so. That's yeah, correct. Well, there's no chance, you know. Not coming get, here. No, he'll get three hundred. What do you mean a dreary winter? You got the Vikings playing football, Patrick? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They'll win Sunday. They'll win Sunday. Everybody's all upset. Carson Wentz overrated. You think so? Doesn't do much for me. Why is that? I just slow and doesn't you know doesn't make great decisions and he, he's uh, I think he's ordinary I think he's uh, you know he came in and he was better than they thought for a kid from North Dakota State but uh, I, I don't I don't see him as a accurate thrower or, you know he's a big log who can run a little bit but I I don't he doesn't do that much for me he's Big Ben two point oh that's how I've always Ooh, seen that'd him. be good though well. 
you know, thing about Big Ben is he was better when he was thirty-five than he was twenty-two when he was winning Super Bowls. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's in the same uh, ballpark. I don't think it's even close to Big Ben. He'll, he'll be a backup five years from now for somebody. Really. I'm not a fan. I don't like Clearly not. We had I write mean, that down earlier. Should we write that down, Patrick? You could write that. Well, first of all, if you can write down that I'll be alive five years from now, I'll take that. And that that would be my right. You don't. You don't technically have to be alive to get the point. Yeah, you still get credit. That's not how this works. You still get credit, Pat. If I still owe on the funeral, can you guys throw the profits over to the uh, the uh, undertaker? Uh, just go, go cremation. It's, it's yeah. easier that way. Yeah, well, everybody goes cremation. Exactly right. That's the new thing. Yeah. My ashes, I'm putting, putting them through the pool filter here. At the... Your old man would be so disappointed if you go cremation, though. Yeah. yeah, but this thing took five years off his life. We'll have a little ceremony back there and run the ashes through the oh. through the, through the pool. Hopefully, I'll die in the summer so we can uh, we can run them right through there because right it's closed now. And, you know, just dumping them underneath the tarp would be kind of tacky. So. We could hold on to them until the summertime. Yeah, I mean, those ashes don't go anywhere. I guess we could do that. So, anyway. Uh, it's got really dark. Astros, Yankees, who you got? Astros, but tough. It's going to be hard. Not having uh, Cole till game three is going to be uh, tough for them, but... Uh, uh, you know, I I I don't know. Greinke owes him a good game, right? He's going to pitch game one, isn't he? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I Greinke will maybe that slop will dazzle the Yankees, and I think Houston's just a better club, man. They just they are uh, they are something, and uh, but the Yankees tough at bats, tough lineup. It'll be what TV wanted because. You think there were some terrified TV ex- executives oh. going into that game last night if the feisty Tampa's won? They wouldn't even get a good rating in Tampa <laughs> that series. No, that would have been a disaster. What about Cards Nats, Pat? How do you see that playing out? Boy, I got a hard time picking that one because I like the Nats because I like the idea of this city that didn't have baseball for 33 years and hasn't gone to a World Series in 1933 since 1933. Getting to the World Series, I think it would be great. It'd also be great to see if they invited Trump to throw out the first ball. I've said that before, but uh, the uh, but I was a, I've been a Cardinals fan since I was a kid. You know, listen to KMOX on the Minnesota Prairie, so I have. I have mixed emotions, but I, I think I'd prefer to see the Nats win because I, I like the uh, idea of a, of a newcomer getting in. Cities get so excited when they uh, get in it for the first time in a long time. It's uh, we saw that here in '87, and uh, I think it'd be I think Washington would uh, maybe we'd have a maybe they'd have a little period of peace out there as they watch the World Series. It would be fun. We'll see how it all plays out over the weekend, Patrick. I always appreciate it, sir. See ya. All right. Uh, see, you, see you, Jets. There's Patrick Royce rapping with Royce here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. We do it every day, Monday through Friday, about 540. So he, uh, cremation, huh? That got really dark, dude. No, it didn't. It was that a very re- real, it was a very productive conversation. I don't know. I don't, I, but he doesn't have to die in the summer because we can just hold the ashes. What was he saying about the swimming pool? Oh, the swimming pool has taken years off his life. He's got a swimming pool. 
that he's talked about extensively. Yeah. And the price of that pool and the amount of things that have gone wrong with that pool in his mind, so probably he, rightfully so, have, so remo- he, have removed years from Patrick's life. So he wants his ashes run through the filter. Yeah, he wants them run through the filter, just a sort of a sayonara, a double bird to the pool. A last half year to the pool. Yes, that's exactly right. Oh, the ways of Patrick Royce, Rami, you are just getting started. I don't like talking about death, which is a good note. To, oh, really? I really don't. Oh, Monday we should do that. <laughs> no, let's not. No, I have no I'd, problem with I'd death. I'd rather not. I'd rather talk about Vikings and Eagles and whatever else happens over the weekend. By the way, I'll be back Sunday for uh, Viking Bentline after Vikings and Eagles are done alongside Manny Hill. This is Backy and Judd with Rami on 1500scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. We'll talk to you on Monday. Firm butt slap or soft one?